What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, guys? This is Mike, and welcome to episode 12 of the Mike and Dave Podcast, or as I like to call it, episode number GOAT. There Mike goes again with his GOAT behavior nonsense. Uh, For all of you not initiated, it's episode number 12. And the reason why he's saying episode number GOAT is because Tom Brady wears number 12. And as we're recording this, on Sunday Night Football, uh, Tom Brady returned and faced the Patriots. Don't know if you heard about that, um, but surprise uh, if you you hadn't somehow. Um, But yeah, it's episode number 12, episode number GOAT, as you said. And um, Tom Brady was victorious in his return to New England, which... I don't think I'm very surprised by, but it was pretty interesting. Um, Brady didn't really play amazing, um, but he had the better team, and that was the reason they won. Yeah, he didn't play amazing. He did accomplish, or he did pass that milestone. He has officially broken Drew Brees' all-time passing yards record. He did so in the first, I think, the first quarter of that game. You know, he came in only needing like. 60 something yards, like 69 yards to break it or something like that. And he broke it. They didn't have a huge ceremony for it. They didn't have like a huge pause like they did at Drew Brees' game when he broke it a few years back. Apparently, that was at Tom Brady's request. He didn't want to have a bunch of like distraction from the game or make it all about him because this man has already accomplished so much. What's another record? That's goat behavior. What's breaking the passing yards record all time in the NFL? Eh, look at my rings. When Drew Brees did it, it was, I'm one of the better quarterbacks to ever play, but I have this record. When Tom Brady does it, it's, you know, I've already been the GOAT for like a few years now. In addition, I have this record, which is cool, I guess. This is just like confirmation of what we already knew. Yeah. So... Yeah, pretty, you know, pretty interesting game. Yeah, I think the Patriots, I think it's obvious that they still have a long way to go. I think it's also obvious that the Patriots are still an extremely well-coached team, and they fought with the Buccaneers the entire way. It's been a really long time since anybody has gone to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, uh, especially one back-to-back Super Bowls. And to me, the Buccaneers, they look beatable. and if a team like the Patriots, which no offense, uh, the Patriots were technically in the Super Bowl hopefuls uh, in our tier list at the beginning of the season. Um, and they've played okay so far, but if the Falcons give you a little bit of a scare and the Patriots give you a little bit of a scare, uh, not to mention the Rams absolutely de- demolishing you, um, I don't know. Maybe the Buccaneers aren't quite as good as we thought. Maybe there'll be a you know a new couple of teams by the end of the season that'll look like the Super Bowl favorites. Here's the way I see it. When I watch the Rams, they definitely look better on a week-to-week basis than the Buccaneers, and they prove that when they beat the Bucs. So if we're organizing or reorganizing our tier list based on like that criteria, who looks better on a week-to-week basis, then the Bucs might not be number one. But at the end of the day... If we get to the playoffs, there's not a team that I would bet on against the Buccaneers. 
I would put money on the Buccaneers over any other team on a week to week basis. And so I guess that's where I'm coming from. That like, yeah, the Rams definitely look good. And other teams look good. I was about to say, like, the Cardinals whooped them. Yeah. Just going to be one of those seasons where it'll, there are going to be a, a lot of teams with maybe like 13, 4, 12, and 5, or like 11 and 6 records. There won't be that one team like the Chiefs that, you know, has a crazy record. Well, especially not the Chiefs this year. Yeah. And hey, if that happens, that I think gives way to my bold prediction, or sorry, my reasonable prediction that we did a few episodes ago, which was that this year's coach of the year would be a coach that has never previously won that award. And if there's no like one standout team, then I think the voters would be more inclined to give it to a coach that brought his team up to be competitive with some of these other teams that have been there already. My reasonable prediction while we're talking about that, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> I don't think the Falcons are winning any Super Bowls. So, you know, I say with a, as I'm wearing an Atlanta Falcons shirt right now, you know, it is what it is. And when we come back, we'll explain the rules of our all-time fantasy draft. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. So stick around. All right. And we're back and we have an exciting new segment for you. This is something that I've been looking forward to doing since we discussed it. We're going to do an all-time NFL draft. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth and pick our teams to compete in a hypothetical, I guess, Super Bowl. So we're not worrying about like, oh, can this player play a full season, let's say, or like, are we preparing to start a franchise? It's a one-game basis, and we're going to split this up into two episodes, and we're going to let you decide and vote on our socials at Mike and Dave Pod. Who drafted a better team? Who would win this game, Team Mike or Team Dave? Yeah, and so the way that we're going to do this is it's going to be a snake draft. So for anybody who's played fantasy football before, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, of course, there's only two of us. So um, we'll, we're going to let Siri decide who goes first. And so that person will be able to pick the first player on, on the board. And we'll be doing offense first in this episode and then defense in the next episode. And the way that we're going to do it is let's say that um, that Mike wins the coin to the hypothetical coin toss he can choose any player on offense as his first pick so let's you know let's just say he wins it he wants tom brady as his quarterback so he so he'll pick tom brady then i will pick my quarterback after that and then i have free reign to pick any other player uh, so let's say i want to pick my left tackle next so then I'll pick my left tackle, but then Mike will have to pick a left tackle after that. So we're not going to like switch around like position wise. Like I can't draft a left tackle and then Mike picks a receiver. It's uh, we're picking in the same round, I guess, uh, the same position of player. And that's just to make sure that uh, that's just to make it interesting because we'll have to we may not get the players that we want depending on um, who the other guy picks and also it'll be interesting to see which positions each of us prioritize and all of that so we're going to flip a coin and we're going to treat it like any coin toss in a football game where the winner can choose to pick first 
in the first half or the second half. So I'll go ahead and take tails. All right. I'll, I'll take heads then. So we're going to ask Siri. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. It's tails this time. All righty. So okay. Mike's won the toss. Um, so do you want to pick first on offense or do you want to pick first on defense? I'm going to take first pick on offense. Okay. So go ahead then. You already called it. We're not going to surprise anyone here. I'm taking the GOAT. I'm wearing his jersey, Tom Brady. He's the GOAT for a reason. He's the best player on my big board. He'll be leading my team to this dub. Fair enough. I am not surprised whatsoever by that, uh, which means I get to pick any other quarterback uh, who I want. Um, This was pretty tough. There were a couple of options. I thought about Joe Montana. Uh, I thought about Peyton Manning. But, I mean, it's a little bit controversial. But I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. If you want me to win one game uh, with a guy who can make every single throw uh, and can take risks without actually throwing picks, then Aaron Rodgers is my guy. So, um, yeah, that's who I'm going to pick as my quarterback. Now, let me see. Let me think. Who do I want? I think my next pick, I'm going to go wide receiver. And I'm going to go with my man, my favorite NFL player of all time, Julio Jones, baby. You already know. I don't have his jersey on, but I've got a Falcons shirt on. Best Falcon of all time. Uh, in my opinion, maybe the best like physically gifted wide receiver of all time. And I don't care what corner you put on him. I think he can he can get open. So he's going to be my wide receiver one. All right. I like that pick. Julio, absolutely one of the more gifted players ever. So now I have to take a receiver. Yep. And then I get free reign on whatever position. So my first receiver, Jerry Rice. Statistically, the greatest receiver of all time holds pretty much every, like all the major receiving records. I definitely thought about Jerry Rice, but... This is also personal preference, so I was just like, Julio or Jerry Rice, I gotta get my guy. So, um, so yeah. You know, that's fair. It's not like you were like, oh, you know who I really love? Percy Harvin. I'm gonna take him. (laughs) Just think about what he could have been. Um, Julio Jones is totally valid. (laughs) Yeah. So, also, we should, uh, we should state that the way we're doing this, we're doing one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two tackles, two guards, and a center. And we're not going to do it like one of the running backs has to be a fullback or something. And we're not doing it like one tackle has to be a left tackle or right tackle. We're just doing two tackles, two guards, um, two running backs, etc. So It can be if you want it to be, but we're not that strict. Yeah, it's not, it's not that serious. So, all right, so what position are you going to pick next? I'm actually shocked. I thought for sure this was going to be your pick. I need someone protecting my man, Tom Brady. Let me get probably the greatest offensive lineman to ever play football, Anthony Munoz. Tackle from the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, I like that. He was he was on my list for sure. Um, I just love Julio. For my tackle, then, I'll go with Jonathan Ogden. Obviously, a member of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Super Bowl champion. 
uh, one of the best left tackles of all time. Uh, that's under no debate whatsoever. Um, I'm happy with him. And then I think I'm going to go ahead and pick up my first running back. And I've got to do it. I got to go Jim Brown. Largely regarded as the greatest running back of all time. Obviously played a long time ago. But I think in, in my offense, give him the ball. And uh, let's see how he can. Um, we'll see the defensive players later. But I feel pretty good about his ability to uh, get consistent yards and keep the, the chains moving for me. So I'm going to go with Jim Brown as my first running back. I definitely thought about Jim Brown. I like that pick. Definitely the oldest player we have so far. All right, my running back. Running back was a tough one for me, not going to lie. But I'm going to take Barry Sanders. Statistically, he doesn't have the record, any of the records because he only played 10 seasons before an early retirement. The eye test tells me he's the best running back to ever play. And I have to believe that had he played, you know, let's say 15 seasons or whatever, he would have beaten the record. I don't think Emmett Smith would be thought of as he is without, like, had Barry Sanders played longer. So I'm going to take Barry Sanders as my first running back. Now, there's one quote-unquote position that we didn't mention with how we're doing this. But we're doing special teams with defense on the next episode but on this episode we're including the coach for my next pick give me bill belichick i think that belichick will have any team that he coaches more prepared than any other coach can so give me belichick i think he'll have our team in position to succeed on the episode where we start off talking about brady versus belichick you reunite them and your fantasy team i like it Got, got to do it. Yeah, you had to do it. I figured you were going to, um, and I was completely fine with that. I was just going to wait until you picked him because that means that I get to get my coach of choice, which is for a team like this with all of these superstars, you've got to have a coach that everybody's going to respect. So who would you pick other than Vince Lombardi? His name is literally on the trophy. Uh, I think everybody, all these egos... Uh, that I'm going to have on my team, all this talent. Um, I think they'd all listen to what Lombardi had to say, and they they'd re- he'd really galvanize them and get them ready to play. So definitely happy with that. Um, and then I think for my next pick, I'm going to go with my first offensive guard. And I'm going to pick Larry Allen. Best offensive guard of all time. Pretty much, there's no question about that. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, just a honestly like one of the biggest but also fastest guys like I've seen at the offensive line position um just an absolute athlete number one um and a guy who uh you know was a staple on that line for many 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 years so I'm gonna go with Larry Allen I think that's a great pick in fact Larry Allen was gonna be my next pick so I guess it's just destined that I get a guard with this pick huh so I'll take the second guy on my board at guard, another Patriot, John Hogg Hanna. Patriots guard from like 73 to 85, I think. This man had great pulling speed, 
but you know, he's not Larry Allen. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, but to me, he is the next best guard. For my next pick, I'm going to stay on the offensive line. And I'm going to get probably the best center, Mike Webster from the Steelers. I think his IQ and his toughness are going to be great on this team. Webster was one of my centers that I was looking at. Um, Interesting fact about him. So he played 16 years with the Steelers. Unfortunately, he passed away at 50 um, due to CTE, which is the, you know, the, the brain injuries that come with like consistent uh, trauma. It was reported the number of blows he took on the football field was equivalent to 25,000 car accidents. This guy was in the trenches for a long time um, and took all the hits and found a lot of success. Like you said, potentially the best center that to ever play, but um, he ended up, you know, paying the price, unfortunately for that. So, um, but yeah, definitely a beast nine time pro bowler, five time all pro. So my center, I'll just take the other guy I had on my list. And for me, it was a toss up. Um, I'm taking Jim Otto, Oakland Raiders. You said, you know, I said Webster was a nine time pro bowler and five time all pro Jim Otto, 12 time pro bowler, 10 time all pro. This guy was absolutely crazy. Played in 308 consecutive games from 1960 to 1974. And he wasn't just one of those maulers like they, you know, they used to have back in the day. He's kind of started the trend to have for offensive linemen to be a lot more athletic. So uh, both historically and a guy who I think could potentially block some of these defensive tackles or at least try to block some of these defensive tackles, defensive ends that we're going to be uh, choosing in the next episode. So feel good about Jamato. I think I'm going to get my second running back, and I got to go with my heart on this one. Ladanian Tomlinson of the for the San Diego Chargers. Um, Ladanian Tomlinson didn't quite make my top five favorite NFL players of all time, which we laid out in episode 10 if you didn't. Uh, hear those and definitely go back and give that a listen. Uh, but still got to be, you know, my my second favorite running back of all time after Dalvin. Um, super impressive to watch. Of course, he had that one season where he, he couldn't stop scoring touchdowns. Um, both are both a threat as a runner and a receiver. Jim Brown is the thumper. LaDainian Tomlinson is the lightning. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about my running back partnership. You know, I'm not going to complain about LaDainian Tomlinson. He did make my top five. And I'll just say about Jim Otto. Jim Otto was my number two center. So our centers were going to be Otto and Webster. There's no way around it. All right. So now I need a second back, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. It's about to get controversial. I promise you. In the drafting process. It's not going to get more controversial than this one, I think. Danny Woodhead. It is not Danny Woodhead. (laughs) (laughs) And no, I'm not taking another Patriot. (laughs) So it's not uh, James White or Sony Michelle. Rex Burkhead. If you said Rex Burkhead, I'm just going to leave the podcast. It's just going to be over. 
let me say this. Some people, probably younger listeners, are going to question me and hate this. Some guys will love this. This is old school, not by year, but by style. You ready for this? I'm taking a fullback. Mike Allstott from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're talking about a fullback. We're, we're yeah, you just just stop it right there. We're talking about a fullback. <laughs> we're talking about a fullback who can block, who can catch, who can make elusive plays, and most importantly, can run you flat over. I think people may have forgotten that that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense ran through their fullback, Mike Allstott. They were literally like, we're just going to hand the ball off to him, let him run up the middle, let him run on the outside. We're going to throw him a screen pass, and we're just going to let him do what he does. I can't think of a, a more balanced fullback that can handle the load as a runner, but also run support as a blocker. And you mentioned you have your thumper and you have your, your lightning. I have mine. All starts the thumper. Barry Sanders is the lightning. All right. Well, I said when you were talking about old school style of running, I was like, well, Mike loves some Derrick Henry. So maybe he's going to go with that. And like, fair enough. But, um, I did not have a fullback on my list. So, uh, <laughs> I, I will say I also had Barry Sanders as my number four running back. And my number three running back was Adrian Peterson as a Vikings fan. Loved Adrian Peterson, uh, but I got my top two running back. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, So now if I'm counting correctly, we each have one re- receiver left, our tight end, a tackle and a guard. So for my next pick, I'm going to grab my other tackle. Jonathan Ogden was my number two, so I'm gonna go ahead and go down to number three. Orlando Pace from the Saint from the then St. Louis Rams. This man blocked for three consecutive MVPs because it went like Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner for three years. So this man has experience in prime time. Like he knows how to handle himself when it comes down to it. All right, I like that. Um he was n- Orlando Pace was not actually in my top four. So, um, I mean, he probably would have number five. But, um, yeah. My other tackle was a toss-up for me between these two guys. Walter Jones was one of the Seahawks, of course. But I'm going to go with Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns. Is it Mike, is that who you thought I was going to pick? Yeah, that's who I thought. Yeah. So, we're we're... I think for the most part, we're, we have a little bit more of a recency bias on this just because we are younger. Um, in my time, Joe Thomas has been the best offensive tackle to play kind of in my era while watching football. Of course, he was relegated to the Cleveland Browns, who pretty much never saw success. Uh, and <laughs> you were talking about... Um, about Orlando Pace blocking for three MVPs. Joe, Joe Thomas didn't necessarily block for, uh, I mean, he, he blocked for 
a bunch of guys who probably wouldn't have started anywhere else other than Cleveland. Um, you know that jersey, the infamous jersey with all the names going down? Yes. That's who Joe Thomas blocked for. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is that it was not Joe Thomas's fault that all the quarterbacks were so terrible. Um, for me, like I said, one of the better offensive linemen ever, and especially in my era, he was a 10-time Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro, and uh, and this is the stat that I, I wanted to uh, to share. He didn't miss a single play in his career until his final season in the NFL. 10,363 consecutive snaps played, which is the longest streak since the NFL began recording snap counts in 1999. This guy, you could count on him every single play. He did not take any plays off. He was going to, no matter how bad the, the team was, no matter how poorly the offense was playing, you knew that left tackle Joe Thomas was going to be the guy who was going to be the consistent performer and a leader on that team. And I just, you know, I wish that he had played for some better teams, but um, him as a player, now he'll finally be able to play on a better team on the the greatest team of all time. So, uh, so yeah, so Joe Thomas is my other tackle. Um, now, I think I'm going, I don't think you're going to pick the receipt, like my second receiver. If you pick Chad Johnson, I'm just going to like, I'm sorry. That's just, that's just gone too far with your infatuation with Chad Johnson. He's not getting picked. He's okay. Good. Uh, he, <laughs> was like. He, he made my top five, but he's not getting picked. Don't worry. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I don't think you're going to pick my other receiver. So I think what I'm going to do then is going to get my other guard. Um, and I think I'm going to have an all Cowboys um, offensive guard and I'm going to go with Zach Martin. Uh, speaking of players who have been the best at their positions in my, and like my era, Zach Martin's the best offensive guard that we've seen um, consistently over a long period of time. Uh, as soon as he came into the league, immediate starter and immediately became one of the better, if not the best um, offensive guard in the league and continues to be that um, pre- you know, present day. So I feel really good. Larry Allen on one side, Zach Martin on the other side. I was thinking you were going to take Zach Martin too. And Zach Martin was like in my top five as well. He was number five. I'm going to tell you who number four was first because I think this guy deserves a shout, but then I'll tell you who my actual guard is going to be. Number four was Will Shields from the Chiefs. Um, Dude is a beast, and I just think he deserves some love. But what if I told you at the beginning of this that I was going to take Jake Matthews from the Falcons? Crazy, right? What's not crazy is taking his dad, Bruce Matthews, from the Oilers slash the Titans. This man could line up at any of the five offensive lineman positions, and he did. They, it was like shuffling him around. Just, but typically he played more guard than tackle. But not only do I like his versatility. In terms of positioning, I like his versatility in terms of the combination of strength and speed that he brings. So I'm pulling Bruce Matthews. Yeah, he was uh, he was going to be my next guy. I also shout out to Marshall Yanda, who 
um, was part of those, you know, those Ravens teams. And up until, I guess a few years ago, um, was still playing at a very high level. So he was another guy I considered, but yeah, Bruce Matthews, 14 time pro bowler, seven, seven time, uh, first team, all pro absolute stud. Um, yeah, I, that, that whole Matthews family is like full of beasts. Well, mostly him and then his kids, not so much, but, um, either way. All right. So I guess it's going to come down to, do you want your second receiver or your tight end? Jerry Rice is statistically the best receiver of all time. Let me go with the eye test. Who's the, who, who else could be making a claim for the best receiver of all time? Randy Moss. He's, he's going to be my second receiver. Jerry Rice going into the draft. And I guess when the 49ers drafted him in 85, they were criticized a little bit for picking a receiver that sort of lacked that like size and that speed. Randy Moss brings you that. So I've got more of a secure catcher in Jerry Rice and that big play, like bigger, more athletic receiver in Randy Moss. Okay. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about Randy, but um, he was probably number five for me in receivers, um, which means... I have to pick between my number three and number four. Obviously, Jerry Rice was number two. Do I go with my guy who was in my top NFL players of all time, Larry Fitzgerald, talking about secure catchers of the football? Um, There's potentially no one better than that. Um, Well, I guess maybe Jerry Rice. But Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald, probably the two just best pure receivers, I guess, that I've ever seen. Or do I go with Julio and Megatron as my receivers? I think I got to do that because I'm sorry. How are you going to guard Julio and Megatron on the outside? If if nothing else is open, just throw it up. You know, I don't care that we're going to probably have like, you know, all these crazy uh, and defensive backs like, I don't care. You can throw it up to Megatron or Julio because we're talking about one game. I I'm liking that. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with yeah Calvin Johnson uh, as my second receiver, which brings me to tight end, and this is pretty tough. And I think there's a reason why we left this until the end because we're going to be happy with whichever guy is left. And of course, the two guys I'm talking about are Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski. That's exactly why I left it till now. Yeah. I figured what I, I, I had a feeling that you were going to, uh, that you were going to wait. So here, here's my, my, my logic. Uh, as we've talked about previously, uh, Tony Gonzalez is the best tight end of all time to me. Um, and a big part of that is his consistency. Uh, him kind of, in my opinion, starting the whole, uh, tight ends being viewed as more than blockers and a tight end being the number one option in the offense not to mention he's he's up there with the best receivers of all time in terms of of receiving yards and and receptions and all um but then you've got gronk who i kind of want to take from you so you don't have belichick (laughs) brady and gronk on the same team uh they obviously had so much success together 
Um, and if it's one game, I like Gronkowski's chances. So I think it's controversial, and I I, I hate it because I love Tony G. But yeah, I yeah, you're gonna stray from your top five. But yeah, I can't have just all my top five players in here. Um, <laughs> most of them. Uh, Dalvin's not gonna make it. Unfortunately, he he has more to prove. Uh, but well, Fitzgerald didn't make it. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, if we were doing three receivers, and then I would have he would have been my my third receiver. But um, I love you, Larry. But yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go Gronk for this one. You know, for this Super Bowl, this one game. And then, so so you've got Julio and Megatron on the outside, and Gronk up the seam. I'm sorry that you're just not stop. You're just not stopping that. I don't care who you've got in your secondary or what linebacker you've got. It's, it's not going to work. So that means I have the problem of, of having Tony Gonzalez as my tight end. Um, I'll go ahead and admit I made an error in judgment. I left, I wanted Gronk over Tony G. I just thought like, I was very confident that you were going to take Tony Gonzalez. And so I figured I had a higher, like, it was more important for me to make sure that I got Randy Moss quicker because I felt safer, like, that Gronk would fall to me. But at the end of the day, these are the two best tight ends of all time. And then for a long time, there's nothing because they are so far beyond every every other tight end that has ever played. So... Yeah, I don't have Gronk, but I have an amazing tight end in Tony Gonzalez, so I can't be too mad. So, to recap our offense real quick. I have Tom Brady, Barry Sanders, Mike Allstott, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Tony Gonzalez, Anthony Munoz, Orlando Pace, John Hanna, Bruce Matthews, and Mike Webster. And my coach is Bill Belichick. And my team, I'm led out by Vince Lombardi. Already feeling great about that. I've got Aaron Rodgers at QB. Then I've got the Thunder and Lightning partnership of Jim Brown and Ladanian Tomlinson. The unstoppable receiver duo of Julio Jones and Megatron, Calvin Johnson. At tight end, I've got Rob Gronkowski. Then from left to right, I've got Joe Thomas, Zach Martin, Jim Otto, Larry Allen, and Jonathan Ogden. I mean, I didn't say anything because I don't have to say anything. (laughs) <laughs> that I like I'm looking forward to what our defenses are going to be and um again if you want to hear what those defenses are going to look like as well as um our special teams and so you can get an idea of our entire roster make sure you look out uh next week oh, we're going to be doing a special episode instead of just waiting two weeks and then putting out the defense we're going to have a special episode that comes out next week on October 18th. Um, and it's just going to be, um, you know, an intro to the show going straight into the defense and special teams picks, recapping the entire, the entire draft. And then, um, we'll put out a poll saying like whose draft is the best. Um, so definitely look forward to that on the 18th. Um, and yeah, I think that wraps up this first part of our, all-time NFL fantasy draft. So when we come back, we'll go straight into the hot seat 
where we have not one, not two, but three people to talk about. So stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back. Now it's time for us to introduce the nominees for this week's hot seat. We've got a couple of different guys uh, who are contenders this week. Uh, Mike, why don't you start us off with nominee number one. Nominee number one and two. Let's just put it that way. We got two guys fighting together, if we want to put it that way, for our hot seat for the week. We got Vic Fangio, coach of the Denver Broncos, and John Harbaugh, coach of the Baltimore Ravens. So, towards the end of the game, uh, Broncos versus Ravens. Ravens were going to win. There's three seconds left on the clock. And so what you usually do when you're up like 23-7, which is what the Ravens were up by, you take the knee, right? Well, the Ravens decide, no, we're going to run Lamar Jackson up the left side. He gets this five-yard run, and that's how they end the game. Now, the reason for that is they're still trying to break this record set by the 74 to 77 Steelers, which is most consecutive games with 100 rushing yards for your team. Well, with this carry, the Ravens have tied that with 43. 43 straight games they've rushed for 100 plus yards. So Vic Fangio... (laughs) course called him out on that at the end of the like after the game and said yeah i thought it was kind of expletive but i expected it from them 37 years in pro ball i've never seen anything like that but it was to be expected and we expected it that's just their mode of operation he added player safety is secondary so of course we have this whole like do you just kneel the ball or do you Kind of do whatever you want. And then Harbaugh responded and said, that was 100% my call. That's one of those things that's meaningful. It's one of those things that I think as a head coach, you have to be mindful of your team, your players, and your coaches, and what it means to them. It's a very tough record to accomplish, and it's a a long-term record. I'm not going to say it's more important than winning the game, But as a head coach, I think you do that for your players and you do that for your coaches, which is something that they'll have for the rest of our lives. But it doesn't stop there because John Harbaugh was also like, okay, but he's mad that we aren't just kneeling the game out and are like trying to like go for something extra. Well, with 10 seconds left in the game, the Broncos were still trying to throw a touchdown into the end zone. And so Harbaugh said, what? were y'all going to score a 16 point touchdown with 10 seconds left. So he's, so he has this like mature answer and then the whole like, okay, but also y'all are trying to shade me and y'all are doing the same shit. So there's, so there's two sides to this on the one. It's like, okay, well technically the more respectful thing is to just like, you know, take the knee, whatever. And I'm going to give a little bit of exception to this since it's for the record, but it's also like, if you you know the old thing like if you want to stop guys from dancing in your end zone don't let them in the end zone it's like if you want to stop them from breaking the record on you in the last play tackle them for a loss exactly like i think they needed 3 yards to get to 100 
Um, and all you had to do was just stop him on, like that would have been the last laugh right there. It's just stop him for like for no gain, and then they don't get the record, and then they just kind of look silly for trying to go for, it and they don't get it. Um, that would have been the best response, I think. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like you were like you were saying, teams at the end of games who are behind still try to throw the ball and still try to make things happen like they're ever going to come back, which is not going to happen. Um, so the teams on who are ahead, why should they act any differently? You know, um, I, I think that people shouldn't get their feelings hurt about that. It's football, you know. Like you said, if you don't want them to keep progressing, then stop or then, then stop them from doing so. Those were pretty funny comments from Harbaugh on those, I have to say. I think he won that battle both on the field and in the press conference the scoreboard and on the mic so those are our first two nominees and then we had a a late contender um rise up and i don't know he might he might take it for this week we've got good old urban meyer current coach of the jacksonville jaguars formerly of ohio state and florida AKA Mike's least favorite college football team and my least favorite, favorite college football team. Um, not an Arben Meyer fan. Love to see when his teams are unsuccessful. And what's even better is when he does something dumb that's newsworthy. And of course that happened recently. A viral video surfaced this past weekend showing a young woman dancing close to his lap at a bar in Columbus, Ohio. So, of course, this video surfaced and it goes viral because it's Urban Meyer. And in case you you weren't aware, Urban Meyer's married. He's got grandkids. And the funny thing about this is that while he was out at this restaurant or this bar, um, meeting up with his adoring public and getting pretty close to some cute blonde, uh, his wife was at home babysitting their grandchildren. So nice job, Urban Meyer. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking. Um, and he came out and he apologized. And he said, you know, I apologize for being a distraction. I explained everything that happened and owned it. Just stupid should not have put myself in that kind of position. I mean, no, you shouldn't have. Um, but I'm glad you did. Um, and what's interesting too is that roughly an hour after his uh his news conference where he talked about you know okay apologize and all that stuff another video emerged that appeared to show him touching this girl's butt while they're at the bar so uh he didn't he didn't happen to mention that part so whoops um apparently Urban Meyer also said that his family was understandably upset. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine the talking to this guy gets. First of all, he retires from football for medical reasons. So his wife is probably like, oh, well, finally, Urban is, you know, he gets to be a family man, he's a grandfather, you know, he's put all this football behind him. And then next thing you know, He's signing up to coach the Jaguars in the NFL. And now he's just 
controversies continue to follow him, which, spoiler alert, not the first time that Urban Meyer has been surrounded by controversy in his career. In fact, most of his career has been has been controversial. Um, overall successful on the field, but controversial off of it. And what's interesting is that the Jags have started the season 0-4. They've lost 19 consecutive games. If they lose to Tennessee, then that will give them the second longest losing streak in NFL history. So this whole distraction by Urban Meyer, uh, it's not really what the Jags need right now. But it is funny. Urban Meyer. Good coach in college. Bad person. And let me just say, if Urban Meyer had been more of a suburban Meyer, then we probably wouldn't have had this issue in the city. Yeah, I said that shit. I don't really have anything else to add to that. So, um, got a couple of pretty strong candidates this week. For my money, I think Urban. I think it's got to be Urban Meyer. Because at least, I mean, both of them are kind of funny, though. Like the whole, where, where, what were you going to score a 16-point touchdown was pretty funny. But also just this whole situation where like after the news conference where he apologized, it just comes out that he was also like touching her ass. It's like, it really, dude? Like, come on. So, um, yeah, I think Urban Meyer wins the hot seat this time. But we couldn't not mention John Harbaugh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, so that wraps up the hot seat. And when we come back, we'll, uh, do my fun fact of the episode and close out the show. So you heard a few fun facts as we were picking our offensive players for our all-time draft, but I hope you didn't think that that was all you were going to get for the fun fact of the episode. No, no, we're not going to do you like that. That's cheating. And we're going to play fair. Dave. Give us our real fun fact of the episode. All right. So I know previously in previous episodes, I've been a little long winded with my fun facts, but I've, I've managed to contain myself and I just have a super short fun fact of the week for you guys this week. Just to, for a little bit of context, I'm a big nature guy. Uh, always have been fascinated with like different animals and you know i i'm one of those guys like you know, i like i like national geographic all that stuff think about say whatever you want i don't care um so this is going to be like a nature fun fact and i'm talking about the biggest animal that lives on our planet which is the blue whale but i'm not talking about any old blue whale i'm talking about baby blue whales because babies are always cuter. However, in this case, baby blue whales, after about a year inside their mother's wombs, emerge weighing up to three tons and stretching to 25 feet. They eat nothing but their mother's milk, and they gain about 200 pounds every day for their first year. That's a lot of milk. <laughs> I'm saying. Like, damn. How do you how do you drink 200 pounds of milk a day? That's not exactly how it works, but like, I mean, I like milk. Don't get me wrong. Like, I still drink milk a lot, and I'm like 26 years old. But like, 
Yeah. 200 pounds every day for their first year. I thought I was a fat baby. My gosh. I mean, you were a fat baby. But... <laughs> Let's pile it on. Let's I was be... ugly as shit, but whatever. <laughs> were? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> hey, there's a reason why we do a podcast and we don't do video. I got the face for podcasts, all right? <laughs> yeah. It's like my mama always told me. Also, I did some quick math while we were joking around. Um, that means that in its first year, the baby whale will gain 73,000 pounds off of milk alone. In comparison, I know I said I was going to keep this short, but by comparison, elephants, which is the largest like land animal, weigh only four and a half tons. So when the when the whale comes out as a baby, it almost weighs as much as an average size male elephant. And and when it grows up, it'll weigh a hundred and freaking forty five more tons than the elephant will. Like it would just I'm assuming that if you put an elephant like next to a whale, it would look like so small. I'm sure there's like a graphic somewhere where like somebody put like a human next to a whale. But I'm not going to lie. The ocean kind of scares me a little bit. I was, I was going to say, that's what's crazy about the ocean. Like, and it's not even like, oh yeah, there's this one whale out there. That's so big. Like these are all of the blue whales. About 12,000 blue whales in existence. 12,000 blue whales. Think about how much the earth weighs and just consider like how, how much of that is just from freaking these whales. <laughs> like, like our earth our earth would be so light without these Our oceans whales. would have so much more like space in them. <laughs> if you like put all the whales like in the Gulf of Mexico, there would just be like no space for the water to go. And I, I to be like I'm sure somebody's listening to this being like these guys are absolute idiots. That is not true. I'm terrible with those, with like figuring out that stuff. Like I have no idea how many Skittles are in the jar. Don't even try to get me to, to guess that. So um, regardless. But it's still fun to marvel at how freaking big these animals yeah, absolutely. are. Absolutely. Like, let's just leave it at that. These things are huge. And what else is there? To say? Yeah. And the <laughs> fact that they live on the same planet as us, it's just, it just blows my mind. So yeah, that's my fun fact of the episode. All right. Well, you told me that this one's going to be a, a relatively short edition of the fun fact, and you stayed true to that. Whether you guys think that that's a a robbery or a treat, you can let us know. But that is all we have for you for now. But remember that next week we're going to be releasing a special bonus episode, part two, where we pick our defense and special teams. You're not going to want to miss that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just to clarify once again, that we will not be skipping uh, the following week either. Um, so on the 25th, we will still have our normal episode that'll come out. This is just a bonus episode uh, because let's be honest, we weren't going to be able to fit both the offense and the defense into the same podcast. So it would have been way too long. So 
Instead, y'all get a bonus episode uh, next week, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, so hope you enjoyed um, listening to us draft our our teams uh, on offense. But, yeah, it was fun doing uh, this all-time NFL fantasy draft. Uh, and, yeah, looking forward to doing the, the defense next and seeing what these teams look like uh, once they're all done. I think we started strong, both of us. I think both of our teams are looking good. So now it just comes down to the other side of the ball. How well can we finish? Only time will tell. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, make sure to keep an eye out on our social media for, um, you know, we're going to be sending out a poll um, for the, like, whose team you prefer, Team Mike or Team Dave. We'll do that after the, uh, the second, the bonus episode comes out on the 18th. Um, so make sure to look for that. And then just in general for stuff that we're putting out there, that's of course, it's at Mike and Dave pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also going to put up a poll about our hot seat. First of all, do you think Vic, Vic Fangio is right to be upset with John Harbaugh? Second of all, who do you think is the leading candidate or candidates for the hot seat? Is it the combination of Vic Fangio and John Harbaugh, or is it Urban Meyer? We haven't mentioned this in a couple episodes, but if you have been enjoying listening to the podcast, then make sure to follow us or uh, subscribe or whatever the button says. And um, and also, if you feel led, uh, give us five stars. So people will look and say, oh, this is a good podcast. So that would be nice. But yeah, anyways, we appreciate y'all listening. And looking forward to continuing to put these out for you guys. As always, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. Alexander.